with authority. Welcome to another quarantine edition of our With Authority podcast. Larry Beal, Casey Pratt, Chris Alvarez, and the man who's joining us from his backyard in Dallas from the San Jose Sharks, Stephen Mason. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, you look uh, pretty comfy in Dallas. Uh, well, what's the weather like in Big D right now? Uh, today is about 68, sunny, no clouds, no wind, no nothing. So it's it's a good day today. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, I wanted to start this by uh, checking out your, your Twitter uh, because we're all stuck in quarantine. And you posted a thing that said, Aquarius in quarantine. Uh, and you got a list of things here. Uh, their home is starting to feel like prison. Doesn't <laughs> believe a word the government is saying. Figuring out a way to save the world. Watching conspiracy theories on YouTube. Diving into a new creative project. Ignoring everybody's text messages. Will most likely break out of quarantine and ignores all warnings. Of all of those things, which would you say most represents how you feel right now? What's number one on this list? Oh, honestly, I'd have to go back and relook at all of them just to make sure I have the next one. Uh, I just gave you the whole list! <laughs> yeah, but my mind's not thinking that much. Come on now. Um, I don't know. Right. Uh, a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, you know, you, you believe, you, I, I can only watch so much TV because you can only watch so much of what the government's saying because not everything is 100% factual and they're they're giving us broad pictures of that. So that's kind of part of it. And uh, I don't know, I, I'm ready to break out of quarantine. I'll tell you that I'm ready to, I'm ready to go out there and start doing things with this weather. I want to go golfing. I want to go do all the, all the fun stuff that we're not even able to do. And I really miss working out, honestly. I never thought I'd really say that, but I really do. <laughs> When was the last time you were on skates? Uh, I actually just went for a rollerblade for a half hour. So uh, if that counts as skates, the, then I just did that. But we'll other than that, yeah, other than that, it was the last game was in Chicago. That was the last time I was on skates. Okay. Guys, what are you doing to just kind of keep your mind occupied right now? I know we saw you with your dog just a second ago, and uh, there's a lot of things that we're all trying to do to kind of stay sane in this home quarantine era we're in, but kind of what are your hobbies right now? What are you doing to pass the time? Um, you know, really, I'm not doing a whole lot. We've got a house being built right now down back here. So um, that's kind of getting my, uh, giving my attention, but we can't really go anywhere to do anything for the house. Like you can't go and go find a rug. You can't go and like, look at couches. You can't go and like, do that kind of stuff so it's just doing all of it online which doesn't really kill more than like 20 minutes of my attention span and then i gotta go do something else um but other than that just i mean trying to do my best to stay active really um go for a run do peloton bike rides just um you know stuff like that has that been a thing with your teammates though like group pelotons is there competitions who's winning etc etc not really. I, I mean, I don't know how many people actually have uh, have Pelotons. And quite frankly, I haven't really talked to too many of the guys because it's just been a lot of the guys went back to, to Europe and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but like Blake Coleman and I, you know, he's from this area, but uh, they're in Tampa right now. Uh, if I do a workout, I'll send it to him and he'll do one. He'll send it to me and we try to beat each other's scores and stuff. And uh, it's fun when you can do stuff like that. It just keeps you, keeps you entertained a little bit. Stefan, we're all missing sports. And uh, yesterday, this—I uh, don't know if you've seen this on Twitter—the All In Challenge athletes teams across the 
the country and sports are basically giving away um, these great gift packages in order to raise money. It's uh, the Fanatics owner kind of put it out there. And I mean, like everyone across the board is really doing this. Have you seen it? And if you haven't, uh, what are your thoughts on that? The sports world really coming together to, to rally for this COVID really? Yeah, uh, I haven't seen that yet. Um, you know, I've, I've been actually a little busy the past few days, but um, I think it's a good idea. I, I really do. Uh, is that very team oriented or is it just the whole sports in general? If you, if you were to, I don't know, you know, you're big on Twitter. If you typed in like hashtag all in challenge, you just go through a stream and like Jerry Rice, the 49ers, like everybody, it's different athletes, Drake, like their people are challenging everyone. So it's really just um, putting out a package of uh, some sort of experience for a fan and all the money is going to go to relief. So uh, gotcha. Yeah, it's huge. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's a good idea. It's, it's. I think it's something cool, and I think you gotta, you gotta have some sort of, uh, some sort of clout to be able to really do that. And I think uh, the, the right people are leading that industry in that sense. And um, you know, we'll, I, I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what, what I can do for that too. I wanted to um, touch on your background a little bit because usually when we interview hockey players, uh, one of the things I like to ask is. Uh, you know, what was life like growing up in Moose Jaw or Saskatoon? <laughs> but you're from <laughs> Dallas. So uh, how did you get into hockey as a kid? And uh, have you ever been to Moose Jaw or Saskatoon? <laughs> I have not been to either one of those. Uh, I just know the name of it because they have hockey teams. Uh, but, you know, growing up, Doc, uh, you know, in Dallas, it was, you know, it's, a, uh, it's an industry really driven by, you know, football, driven by um, – you know, baseball, which, uh, you know, I, I was kind of forced to having to play those things growing up just to be able to have friends down here. Cause there wasn't really, um, you know, many people that went to my school that actually played hockey and, and the few that were, um, you know, I still keep in contact to this day because there were so little of them. Um, you know, I got my, my teammates, we, we created one team and we were based all around the Metroplex. So, you know, maybe my, my nearest teammate was, you know, an hour drive away, which, um, you know, it's, it's pretty far to go over there to go to go have a uh, a day, you know, swim party and come back home that night. You know, the, the parents really didn't want to drive that far. So, uh, you know, you really limited your options and you had to play baseball. You had to play basketball. You had to play these sports just to really be able to connect with uh, with, with those people in school. And, um, you know, for for me, I, I moved away when I was 14 because, you know, the competition in the area wasn't all that great. And I really wanted to you know, try to see if I could make myself um, into something. And so we, we moved to Michigan um, and, and went to high school up there and, uh, and it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it, but um, you know, I, I didn't have too many friends back in Texas to really miss. I mean, I had probably about four or five that I actually kept in touch with. And even to this day, I've probably got like maybe two or three that I still keep in contact with that, um, you know, through thick and thin, they, they've always been there. So is it harder for American-born hockey players, you think, to break through, given the fact that hockey would be considered probably the fourth major sport in the United States, whereas in, in Canada, or, well, Michigan being close to the border, uh, it, it's much more of a big deal? Yeah, and, I mean, that's kind of why we moved away and why I wanted to move up to Michigan, because it kind of gave me a better um, – it gave me a better sense of the competition of my age group and gave me a sense of, uh, you know, if I was able to, you know, if I was still one of the, one of the top players up there um, that, you know, maybe I can do something with hockey. And it was, it was more of a challenge to myself because I, I was fairly good at baseball, but I wasn't, you know, nearly the level that of, of going to college or pro or anything like that. Uh, 
Um, but when I went and really focused all my attention to hockey, that's when I kind of figured out that, you know, this is something that I actually, I actually could see myself doing and, um, and, and it worked out for me. You know, staying on your background, um, there are injuries in sports you do not want. Achilles, ACL, you've had both. So how hard was it overcoming that? How hard has it been to kind of get back into a full rhythm and feel full strength? And, and are you seeing the fruits of that labor now with the Sharks? Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, shit. Something just happened here. Hold on. We still have you. Am I there? Oh, sorry. I thought my things just went away. Um, yeah, I mean, those are two injuries that you don't want to have, uh, have happen to you at all. Um, you know, you don't want any injury to really happen. But those are, those are two pretty significant things. And if you were to tell me that I were to come back to, you know, play you know, 200 games in NHL after doing both those things, I don't think I would have uh, believed you at the, at the time. And um, it, It's, you know, it's just, it's just really work ethic and, and going through and, and battling through your, uh, through your injuries and trying to prove people wrong. I think that was the biggest thing that drove me during that time was, um, you know, I, I was a, you know, I was a, I was a first round pick, but I was, um, I was kind of a, a suspect first round pick for some people. And, um, you know, that was something that I took to heart. And so going into my first professional year, I was like, yeah, I'm going to prove these people wrong. And then all of a sudden now I get hurt. So now they're like, people go the, the old, oh, I told you so like this guy's not going to make it this guy. Now he has got this to go, uh, to go through and have to overcome. And, uh, for me, it, it really drove me and it drove me to, to have to mature really, really quickly. Um, and to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life, because if I was going to let this define me, it was going to be a long road for me. And uh, I really wanted to prove those people wrong. And it was unfortunate that it happened, you know, two years back to back and was limited to only about 30 games total my first two years pro. And, um, it, I would say it definitely hurt my development, but, um, it just for maybe for long, my actual, uh, you know, the actual age of how long I'll be able to go to, because yes, I, I, I had those injuries, but, you know, had not, not having two years of wear and tear on your body playing the, the kind of style that I do, um, it can maybe increase my, my, my longevity a little bit longer. So, Stefan, it's been about a month, and it feels like the longest month ever since everything kind of stopped with the games. Is there a point, do you think, that there's a cutoff, a point of no return where they just would cancel the season? And what are your thoughts on when's the latest we could come back and how much time do you need to prepare to go for a stretch run in the regular season and then, you know, teams that are going to go to the playoffs? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's a good question, and uh, I've probably battled this with myself numerous times on whether I'm, you know, I'm getting myself up to go work out that day, honestly, because it's, you know, you, without being able to see, um, you know, an end to this, really, it's it's hard to get motivated for things, um, especially in the position that we're in with San Jose. You know, we're not we're we're not obviously not making playoffs. And, so for, for us, it's hard. And, and the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to jump back into things and all of a sudden now you're hurt and now you're missing parts of next year. And I think the biggest thing is making sure we get a full season in next year because we do have a new TV deal coming in within the next, uh, I think it's a year and a half, maybe last year. Next year is our last deal, our last year of it. Um, you know, as, much, it's as, as important as it is to, you know, make sure we go through playoffs this year just in a revenue aspect for us. Um, I think it's even more vital to go through a full 82 game season next year. So I, I don't know when the point of no return is. Um, I couldn't be the one to tell you that either because that's above my pay grade. <laughs> um, we kind of are just, uh, you know, ponies in the show really. Um, 
And I, I know it's, it is going to wind up being up to us in, in the, in the grand scheme of things, but you know, it, it's going to be a lot on um, our government to give us the, the AOK to, to go forth with things. And um, I don't know how it'll work with TV deals. I don't know how it works with, cause we don't have any fans in the stands, how they're going to ge- uh, generate revenue on that. Wow. Um, that's also been, that's new territory for everybody. And some, and a lot of discussions are going to wind up having to happen in order for us to, um, to figure out what's best. You mentioned getting guidelines from a local government or national government, as the case may be. And in the past few days, we've heard uh, the governor of California say mass gatherings, large crowds, that's out for a while. And you're starting to hear that from more and more people. How would you feel playing games in an empty arena, games that count, but fan free? You think that's a good first step back, maybe? Um, I think that's the only step back, really, uh, until we have a you know a vaccine of some sort to make people feel safe to come into the arena. I really think that's the only thing that you can do in in order to get this thing back up and running. Um, and then once you know we feel safer and the government's local and national feel better, then then you start letting in, you know, certain amount of fans, certain amount of fans, certain amount of fans and, and kind of go from there. But again, this is all stuff that it's going to have to, you know, I can say this all I want. I can see whatever I, what I personally feel and what I see uh, fit. I mean, for me, I would have, I would have loved to see us, you know, take, take this month to really understand what was going on and which we have and uh, you know, kind of get us back in there. But this is just, I mean, that's just me. There's a lot more at state than just sports and, um, you know, people are dying every day for, for, from this. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's something that's, uh, that's gotta be taken seriously and something that, you know, we got to think outside the box on this for sure. I know we want to get into some more fun stuff. I'm switching my background now. Hey, the lion King. I don't know if you can see that, but it's probably something <laughs> you've been asked a ton about, but you know, Hakuna Matata means no worries. That's your goal song. That's the song you chose when all the Sharks players were choosing their goal songs. So, I mean, maybe you can fill in our viewers on how you came to that. And it's really kind of caught on, I'd say. Yeah. Um, well, the re- I mean, the reason I really wanted to do something was, I mean, the whole point of picking your goal song is to express your personality. It's to express um, yourself towards the fans and, and build a connection with them. Um, you know, at least that's the way that I looked at it. And I've always, I always been a really big fan of, of, uh, Rev Theory's song, Hell Yeah. And that was one that I was, you know, it, it's a way that whatever it says, give me a hell, give me a yeah. And then it says, hell yeah. So that was something that, you know, I, I imagined that was actually my goal song in juniors. And I thought it was really cool because then it would get the fans involved. So getting the fans involved in the actual goal song is something that I really wanted to do. And when um, <sighs> the, the more clean version of everything was we were sitting in a hotel room and wound up uh, thinking about that being part of one of the songs. And I, I mentioned it to, you know, Deller and um, Timo's in the room as well. And they said, Oh yeah, that, that'd be kind of cool. And, and so we, that's kind of how we came up with it was just, very simply thinking of a way to get the fans interacted with it and thought it'd be kind of cool. And obviously didn't know how it was going to react. I'm, I'm not one to score many goals. I'm not going to, you know, you're not going to hear it 50 times a year by all means. You might not even hear it 20 times a year by all means, but the few times that you do hear it, it's memorable. It's something that fans can 
um, you know, interact with you. And uh, like you said, it's, it's got a lot of attention and uh, maybe a little weird for the first time it was, it was heard, but it was, it was cool. I, I really enjoyed it and everyone loved it. Yeah, it's good. As long as you stay with Lion King and you avoid Tiger King, that would be preferable. That would I be, think everyone's really good. I think everyone's on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who has uh, outside of your your goal song? Who has some of the best songs and the worst songs on your team right now? Oh, I spent about a million days, and that's very very facetious, but. <laughs> going over a goal song with Timo Meyer. And I can't tell you how many times he is like, oh, this would be awesome. And I'm like, nobody is going to like that song. <laughs> and he, we saw, it was kind of the running joke. And he picked one that was, it was good, but it was, it's his style, right? So he likes that kind of that techno beat. So more power to you. Um, my favorite song, <laughs> I like Cooch's song. I really did. I would, I was just, so unexpected um and i really enjoyed it uh i thought mo bamba from caners was pretty cool uh, it was th the bass in this in the sound system and the rink really got it uh really got it going which is sweet um i like shellman's shellman's was pretty good um i can't tell you which one i thought was bad because i don't we didn't really hear too many of them um and plus i can't even really remember the bad ones <laughs> Well, as long I'm as you're sure hearing them, that means goals are being scored. So that's a good thing. Very true. Can but yeah, I, I, I can't remember any bad ones, actually. The only one that I didn't really understand was maybe Burnsy's, but and he explained it, and I guess I understood it, but whatever. He's different. <laughs> what were your rejected goal songs? Like when Timo said, hey, how about this? Oh, I don't know. It was all just techno like just stuff that like maybe if you're on like ecstasy or molly it'd be cool but like you're going to a <laughs> hockey game and like i don't know i i i don't know i don't think it was something that was uh, I, I don't know the names of these songs this is all european style yeah our, 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 our live facebook audience uh love the last reference i believe <laughs> <laughs> Uh, going yeah. off of that, there's some guys that really take their style seriously and some that don't. Uh, are you one of your teammates the best dressed and someone that just really needs to step up their game in that department? Uh, I think everyone, if you said this question, I think everybody would say that uh, Mark Edward Velasic probably needs to step up his game a little bit, but he doesn't really care, so I guess it doesn't really count. Um, best dressed. Ooh. I mean, I got I. I got to give Kaner a, definitely a top three because he's uh, fitted by my boy at Jets Playbook. So shout out to Jets Playbook. I expect a little clap yeah, back Kane for that. Yeah, Burnsy's up there with me for sure. Um, Deller is definitely a uh, – his outfits are very loud, which I like. I enjoy I, – I definitely appreciate that because um, I've got a few loud outfits myself. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else I can think of. Timo always looks good, but it's it's just his hair. It's not his suits. Um, I'm trying to think anybody else. Yeah, I can't really think of anybody else, but I definitely I definitely put with um, Kaner and Deller and Burnsy up there in the top in top three. Burnsy is just very different. His his style you got you got to appreciate that in order in the cowboy boots, cowboy hat. 
And that kind of looked to really say that he's, uh, he's up there on the best dress, which I do because I am from Texas. So there you go. He's different in a lot of ways, actually, but uh, <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to go you back. You said that, not me. Yeah, no, but that's a perfect transition. Casey, can you pop back to our Tiger King background? But, yeah. yeah, I believe I could, I could accommodate that for you, Larry. Uh, here you go. <laughs> There you so, go. Uh, there it is, Tiger King. So, Stephen, have, have you watched Tiger King? And, and the reason I, I want to go down this line is because, you know, growing up in Texas, you're not that far away from Oklahoma. So I'm wondering if you knew or anybody from your background that might fit in that show. Oh, um, no, not at all. Um <laughs> That that show, I have seen it, yes. And, <clears throat> I mean, it was a little too oh, – this is live stream, so it's a little too messed up for me. <laughs> I won't say the word I was really saying. <laughs> um, I think we all know that. But yeah, uh, it, was, it was a little messed up for me um, just in that. Uh, I mean, it, I don't know if it gives the South – I don't know if it's supposed to give the South a bad name or if it's not or – I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just an individual or, or couple, but uh, it was something I've never ever experienced. I don't I don't talk to people that do that sort of thing. But I will say, as a kid, we had people come to bring like those big, large snakes and um, big, you know, reptiles like that into our school just to kind of show us and. And do that. So I, I don't know if he was one of them that did that or if he wasn't, but it was definitely something crazy. Now I want to stay on the animal thread here because I saw a video. We did a deep dive on your Twitter page and there's a video of you skating on a rink and there's just dogs everywhere. And you showed us your dog a little while ago before we started the record. But what was the story there? And maybe tell us a little bit about the pup you just had a second ago. I don't know if you could hold him up again. Lion yeah, if he's uh, if he's here. Oh, I'll, I'll call him real quick. Hold on. <laughs> is he coming? Um, I don't know if he is. He's not really listening, but this is my mom's. This is my mom's puppy. There we this go. Is, there we go. That's Finn. That's, uh, that's my mom's dog. Uh, I got two more. Hold on. Oh, one second, let me call him again. But then... Dude, this is savvy. He's muting while he does the dog call. But yeah. So you don't all have to hear it. Yes, yeah, so you don't have to hear me baby talk my dog. Oh, but that, that'd be the perfect, that'd be the best part of this live stream. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, how do you call him? Come on, give, give us a call. Oh, give us a dog no, call. Oh, here he comes. Come here, buddy. Come oh. here. <laughs> Come here. Oh, oh there, there we go. Say hi, Coda. Look at you, buddy. Hey, look right there. Hold on. Look at you. Oh, do you see him? Do you see that on TV? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, all right. He goes down. So, yeah, that's Coda. Uh, I forgot the question, though. What was the question again? No, I just wanted to all, know about the video about all the dogs on the rink with you. Yeah, so um, when – and well, you, you always see these videos of people with their dogs. Oh, actually, here's the other one. Come here, buddy. You don't like being picked up, but oh. <laughs> He looks skittish. That's the other one. That's Taz. He's our, He's my oldest. He's. We had him when I was in juniors. But say hi, buddy. He hates this. All right, go on. Ouch. 
Um, so yeah, uh, you know, you always see, you know, you know, I don't really get many opportunities to bring my dogs to the rink and it was Thanksgiving. We had some friends in town. Um, they've actually got one of our, uh, is it his brother or yeah, my mom's, my mom's dog, uh, his brother from the same litter, they actually, uh, bought or adopted or bought, or I don't know which one ever they did, but, um, bought from, uh, you know, the same litter, so they came and visited us and they were, they were actually in Jersey and this was Wilkes this year uh, when I was playing there and uh, I was able to bring them on the rink. I thought it'd be a good idea. And there was four dogs. I think there was on the rink at that time and practice had ended. We were just on the ice for like 20 minutes. It was just to get a sweat before Thanksgiving dinner and all that. And uh, we were cooking and I put the turkey in or the prime ribbon, whatever it was. And uh, before I got to the rink and then they came up there and just skated with us and, uh, I wanted to see how they reacted on the ice, and uh, it was very comical, that's for sure. I didn't expect uh, our oldest one to be running around, and uh, the, the young one was just barking the whole time and being annoying, and it was pretty cool. But uh, I never got a chance to experience anything like that and thought it would be kind of cool, so that's why we brought him out. You guys also have Finn, the shark pup. How often do yeah. you see him, and, and how nice is it to have a, a team dog mascot? Uh, he's around pretty, uh, pretty regularly, actually. Um, you know, before we go out on the ice, he's always kind of there and I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a big animal and dog lover. So it's, uh, it's, uh, hopefully he doesn't take a shit back there. That's good over there. Uh, but yeah, no, it's cool. I I like that. Uh, That's a great dog. And, um, he's just a puppy too, which is, which makes it pretty fun. And, uh, puppies are always, uh, they're always entertaining. I'm looking at the live stream. We actually have a bunch of people asking questions, so I'll just fire off a couple of them. This one's from Nicole Renee. Are you going to keep the same goal song next year? Are you willing to commit to that? Uh, I think we'll have to take a fan vote on that, and I think they'll all say yes, so might as well. Sure. All right, this one's from Felix Chow. What was the locker room vibe like this year? I know that this wasn't exactly the year that the Sharks typically have, but, you know, how are the boys in there? Um, again, I, I mean, I'm fresh eyes coming into this. Uh, I think for the situation that we were in, um, you know, I've been on some, I've been on some teams that, you know, my, my three or four years I were, I was in Jersey, we were only really good for one year. Um, and to see the, to see how like, you know, with, with us being not as good this year, uh, in, in San Jose, I didn't expect it to be as positive as it was. Um, you know, with, we had, we had John Hines as a coach and he was, you know, he, he really wanted to win. And whenever we didn't win a game, it was, you know, it was scream and yell. It was, you know, make sure you get the most out of all your players. And that was the way that he believed was the best way to do it. So sometimes going to the rink wasn't exactly easy. Um, being with San Jose, going to the rink every day was very enjoyable. Maybe that was partly the weather. Maybe it was the group of guys we had because the group of guys was, was good or maybe it was you know jumbo being jumbo and and uh being entertaining every day at the rink was something different with him which was awesome and um you know he he was if if he's in a good mood you're in a good mood that day and if he's in a bad mood we're kind of all in a bad mood and that's just the way in his personality and, and what he brings um to this team and um so I was very uh I was very relieved with how we were because I think it allowed you to play your game and it allowed you not to, you know, pucker up and um, it allowed you to kind of be yourself. This kind of goes on what you're saying about the locker room and the vibe, but what do you miss most about not playing hockey? Is it the competition? Is it 
the fans? Is it your teammates? Is it a combination of all those things? Yeah, well, I, I think it's a combination of everything. I mean, I miss being with the boys. I miss going into that locker room atmosphere. I miss, you know, going in there and, um, you know, and, and hanging with, with that group. And, um, you know, you, you live and die by the boys. And, you know, if the boys are having a good time, you're having a good time. And if they're not, you're not. Uh, and that's definitely one thing I miss, you know, the, the majority out of, out of everything. And obviously the fans are great and you live to play games and you live to do that. But, you know, the competition of everything is, is what we, is what we live for. And, um, you know, to be able to, to score that winning goal, to make that winning play, to make that winning block shot, to do all that stuff. That's something that you love to do. And, hey, <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, I miss that a lot. Don't your dogs know that you're on a live stream right now? I mean, yeah, I mean, they're just gonna be. There we go. Look at that. If you could uh, look at the locker room, obviously, injuries just crushed the Sharks this season, and that explains in part uh, the record. But going ahead to, to when we actually have games again and things are up and rolling. Do you see the makings of a playoff contender at this point? Yeah. I mean, you, you have two of the best defensemen in, in the whole entire league on this team. You've got, you know, a top six when healthy, that is, I would put them with any top six in the league for sure. Um, and, you know, finding, finding those people to, to compensate the, the bottom role, those bottom six roles, you know, I think we have a, a very good group of guys that can do that. You know, some guys might not play every single game and that is what it is, but they're ready to come in whenever they have to and, and contribute whatever way they can. And, and you ride with the hot, uh, with the hot hand, um, you know, both of our goalies, you know, I think, I think Jonesy was starting to find his rhythm again. I thought, um, you know, Deller's been playing really good all year. So yeah, I, I definitely see a contender in, in that aspect. And, um, you know, for the most part, it, it seemed like a lot of unlucky things were happening, um, and a lot of bounces. You know that were probably going there. Were probably going their way. Um, you know, years previous kind of went the opposite way, and maybe it's maybe it's just the wear and tear of us being a, a bit of an older team and going so deep into playoffs year after year. Um, maybe it's wear down. Maybe it's you know just unlucky um, this this time around. But uh, with this with this layoff and that we've had and, and the hunger for everyone um, on this team to get back to playing. And um, I see us definitely being a, a higher end contender for sure. We've gone this far without even asking you about golfing. I know you're a huge golf fan. I, I believe you were there when Tiger won the masters. So top moment of your life, et cetera. Uh, how crazy was it to be there for that? And, and how much time do you get to spend golfing? Oh, um, well, summers are my, uh, I, I get summers to myself. Um, <laughs> I, I really get the, you know, the past few years I belong to this course where I haven't made a tee time in, you know, four or five years, which is awesome. I show up, I'm the only person on the course during the day. Um, I can go and play, I can play 36 holes in, you know, five hours because there's nobody out there. Um, I did a, uh, I did a hotter hole challenge or two, was it last year or two years ago that took me, um, you know, six and a half hours to complete. And it was just, I had, I was able to just go out there and do whatever I wanted for, you know, for, and to be able to get that done. So it, it's a big part of my life. You know, my grandpa is a, is a big golfer and um, he hosts a tournament on, uh, in Loveland, Texas every year um, that I go and play with him there. And 
um, you know, it's kind of my, it's kind of my, my thing to get away from the house and, and really it's kind of my peacefulness, even though I don't really get peace and quiet out of it. Cause I get really mad as well. <laughs> and that's just the competitive side of me, but I think um, we can all know, relate I, to that. Yeah, no, I, I love golf. It's something that I, I miss doing, um, you know, tremendously. Best course you played and the course that you really want to play. Uh, best course I've played. Ooh, there's some really good courses. Um, an undercover, I've got a probably three or four that were really awesome. Um, one was Belfair. So kind of goes with that whole tiger experience last year. So we did a, we did a golf trip after the season. Uh, we went to Hilton head and played two days down there in Hilton head. Um, got a chance to play 54 holes and then flew over to the Masters after it went to Saturday, Sunday. Um, so that was a, uh, a very big highlight of my, of my life for sure. And one of the golf courses we played there was called Belfair. And it was – they were hosting the, the PGA Professionals uh, Championship that uh, last summer. And it was really, really cool. Um, another one would have been – there's one in San Diego called The Farms. And it's the only course, from what I've told, that Phil Mickelson actually – pays to be a member at and it is the hardest yet most beautiful course i've I've been in 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 quite some time um there's one in in dallas or sorry it's in houston that i really want to go play and once this kind of band gets lifted and we're able to go there um hey hey stop eating that stop eating that that's not good um he he just ate a b uh oh, not good. Yeah, <laughs> it's not good. No, um, and well, it's called it's it's called Blue Jacket, and uh, it's actually Tiger Woods' golf course that he he made. Um, and I have a fa- we have a family friend that's a hey, can you please stop? Um, there's actually a family friend that's a member down there, so we're gonna wind up being able to go down there whenever they allow guests again. Oh, all right, we, we we should uh, try to wrap this up so you can save your dog from the bee or the bees. Oh. From your- um, so finally, though, uh, I know you're doing uh, a lot of charity work to help nonprofits in San Jose at this point. Oh, Hold on one second. Yeah. It's making a save right now. All right. Is that a Michael Scott background? Yes. Yeah, very observant of you, actually. This is a Michael Scott background. I wanted to say it earlier, but he was in the middle of an answer. I'm like, wow, the office. <laughs> I'm just playing around with backgrounds during this interview. This is all uh, doing it's a all great job. Games. Hope that dog's okay. All right. No, he he's good. He just caught one and then he I spit it out, so he's good. Oh, nice. That was that was a a Martin Jones type save right there. <laughs> he is he he's our he's our fly chaser. You know, there's all this poop back here. Yeah, he chases flies and eats them. And he's been doing it for eleven years. So he's an idiot. And every now and then he catches a bee and his mouth just goes. Yeah. Oh so, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's. Let's uh, let, let's wrap it up. Uh, what are you involved with uh, in the, the charity work, the nonprofits, uh, to try to help out, especially at this time? Yeah, so we did uh, we did a collaboration with uh, Violent Gentlemen, actually. And shout out to Violent Gentlemen right here. Um, but we did a collaboration with them. I, I reached out to my contact there and said I wanted to do something for the Bay Area in particular, and, um, just because now it's a, it's home for me and. Uh, 
and we so we partnered with uh, with Frontline Foods, um, and they in every uh, every T-shirt that we sold that was a social distancing T-shirt went to um, there was a part of that proceeds went to a meal going towards one of these frontline workers, um, you know the nurses, doctors, all that, and while trying to save some of the local um, the, uh, the the local restaurants as well um, by purchasing food from them going towards them so. Uh, we partnered uh, with that. I, I haven't seen the numbers on that yet. Um, I haven't been able to uh, talk to that guy to see how well we did. But I know, you know, the first uh, first couple hours, I know we sold, um, you know, probably 100 or so T-shirts. Uh, I think the only thing that was uh, a little upsetting, I think, to some people was since we didn't give any big notification that we were going to start doing that, that they actually bought theirs like the day before and they weren't able to contribute that. So, um, we're going to find a way to work around that and try maybe extend that um, however many sales by, you know, that whole entire week long of, of us doing that. Or um, I got to, I got to talk to him actually today and see how well we, uh, how well we did with that. But uh, that was what we did for my part. And we had a couple of the guys that helped uh, or uh, were joining us, which I won't, you know, just, I won't say everyone's name or whatever, but um, we had a couple of guys, uh, former players as well um, for the Sharks as well that helped out. So. Cool. Final question. Your name is pronounced Nason, but it's spelled N-O-E-S-E-N. If you had a dollar for every time your name was mispronounced, how rich would you be? I wouldn't be playing hockey, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> you would own a uh, hockey team. I, I might I might be an owner, yeah. Or I might be president for all I know. I don't know. <laughs> Make that a t-shirt, Nason for president. <laughs> Uh, no, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely not ordinary. And I had the, you know, we really just tell people it's, it's no sin and a lot of the time just to let them, you know, not put N-A-Y-S-I-N or something like that, which gets outrageous. But. Well, we got your name right. And uh, thanks so much for spending all this time with us. And we can't wait to see you back on the ice whenever that is. Uh, thanks guys. I, I appreciate you having me and. We'll see this again for sure. Yeah, and thanks for showing us the dogs, man. And and I'm glad that the bee did not get eaten. Yeah, well, he might have. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> he was he was freaking out a little bit. So, we'll all see. right. Thanks for the time. Uh, we'll see you on the ice. And goodbye, Facebook. Bye, Facebook. With authority.